When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come. Aha! Hit the drop. Mike, do your job. I don't have everything ready. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. More impactful, Dave Roberts' stolen base or Nicholas Batum's block against Slovenia. <laughs> Next. Earlier on the show, sprinting legend Rich Eisen. Coming up, Boston Red Sox radio voice Joe Castiglione. Writer and director Kay Cannon. Director McLean Way. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ben Lyons. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Hall of Fame weekend out in Canton, so Rich will be hosting the festivities for NFL Network, one of Brockman's favorite nights of the year, that jacket dinner. Uh, it's phenomenal. If you've never been, it's unbelievable. To see the emotions come out of these guys must be something, huh? You told me there was like a gauntlet that they run down, they put on their jacket, right, Chris? That they go down? Yeah. Yeah, and- there's, a, there's a gauntlet on either side of the arena uh, there in Canton, and every Hall of Famer who's there, but just about everyone goes if they're still with us. And uh, the new Hall of Famers walk down through the, the gauntlet, shake everyone's hand to this platform stage in the center. Rich introduces them, and their presenter slips on the jacket to them. It's so dope, And it's man. so dope. Everyone is just like ball. These grown men are just bawling. It's just, if you've never seen it, watch it tonight on NFL Network. It's unbelievable. I haven't had the pleasure of going to Canton to see the Hall of Fame bus and plaques, but I have been to the Red Sox Hall of Fame, and I have seen the plaque of our next guest, Joe Castiglione, the voice of the Red Sox, a dear friend, kind enough to spend some time with us on a Friday uh, and, and, and chat here on the Rich Eisen. So, Joe, it's great to have you. What do you remember about that day where you were inducted into the Red Sox Hall of Fame? Well, I remember I was in strange company that uh, probably should have been included because it was Roger Clemens, Nomar Garcia Parr, and Pedro Martinez. So it was really quite an honor. And uh, the Red Sox really do ceremonies right. They, they nail it every time. Joe, we were showing some old photos here on Peacock, and there was a picture of me in the booth with you when I was very young wearing a Jose Canseco hat in the booth at Fenway. And Canseco, one of our favorite follows on Twitter, tweeted out today, why do you love baseball? Just putting an open-ended question out there into the world. So I will ask you, Joe, the question from Canseco's Twitter, why do you love baseball? Well, I love the rhythm of the game. I love the people in it. I mean, they're really individualistic. And uh, there's so much uh, personality, I think. That's a big, big factor. Uh, the symmetry of the game, I think, uh, you know, just so poetic in so many ways, as long as the pitch is not holding the ball forever and taking 40 seconds between every pitch. 
like we see sometimes today. But boiling it down to its basics, uh, it, it is a beautiful and uh, poetic and symmetrical kind of game. Joe Castiglione, the voice of the Red Sox, WEEI, joining the show. And we were talking about the ticker that you guys used to have in the booth. And I remember fondly always getting the, the assignment of, hey, can you rip off the ticker? And that thing would print out scores and it would come down and it would, it would roll up if you didn't rip it off too often. The advancements in technology, uh, I would imagine, from when you started to now are astounding. How has your broadcast changed, you think, from when you began well, because think, of all the new technology in the booth? Yeah, basically, there's so much more information at your fingertips, Ben, because uh, of the Internet. And, of course, uh, we don't need the ticker anymore because we have the Internet for up to the second scores. Uh, but you can look up so many different facts. I mean, not only uh, things like hitting with men in scoring position, but what a guy's hitting on one-two counts on fastballs. And all that information is out there uh, right at your fingertips. So. You don't have to wonder if this happened or that happened or what's going on because you have it right there. And uh, I think it makes for a much more accurate broadcast in many ways, as long as you don't get too bogged down in the numbers. Because if you do too many stats, uh, it's like going to work for most people. So um, stories are always better than stats. I have a story. Once my first World Series game, I got to go with Joe Castiglione, which was incredible because, Joe, you don't, I would imagine you don't get a chance to go to too many games as a fan. We got to go to Game 1, 1996 World Series, Braves and Yankees. Andrew Jones hitting two home runs. I think he was a teenager then still. It's uh, 18. That's and, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so I would imagine, is that, is that the only game you've gone to as a fan? Was that the last game you've gone to and sat in the stands? Well, I did go to a game... Uh, Right around the All-Star break at our new park at Worcester, where a triple-A club, the Worcester uh, Red Sox play. The Woo Sox, as they're called, at Polar Park. Uh, and uh, that was to see uh, the new park and some of our uh, farmhands who could be in the big league soon. And uh, that certainly, uh, I guess I went as a fan. But I also went to the 2001 World Series, too, in a similar way, because my son was a sports anchor in New York and had tickets when they played. the Yankees played Arizona. But it doesn't happen very often that uh, I go and sit in the seats. But those were fond memories, certainly. And back in 96, we thought the Braves were going to sweep after that first game. They won the first two games and then lost the next four. Well, that's what's so beautiful about baseball, Joe, is that it's so unpredictable. And, And if you had told me growing up after all those nights heading back into Manhattan with you and my dad on the train when entire subway cars would chant, Boston sucks, Boston sucks, and all the grief my dad got wearing his hat around Midtown. The fact that 20 years later, 30 years later, he would have the audacity, Joe, to say to me after they beat the Dodgers in the World Series, they should have swept. Can you believe that you've gotten to a place in in your time with the Red Sox to have all these World Series rings and that this actually happened and you were there to call it? Yeah, four World Championships in 15 years and no other franchise can claim as many world championships in this century. And, uh, no, you never think of that because it was 86 years between world championships. We thought we had it in 86 till the collapse at uh, Shea Stadium. But uh, this is France has done a remarkable job of reloading year after year. And it's really a credit to the ownership group here because you need good owners who will be willing to spend and spend wisely to win. Joe, Chris Brockman here. Uh, I grew up in Maine, so 
Thank you for being the voice of my childhood. I appreciate that and all that you've done and what you mean to the team. Uh, I imagine you have a great scorecard collection. Any any stick out that you uh, or just a memorable play, a triple play, a game or two, or what are some of your memorable sp- uh, scorecards in your collection? Well, certainly the World Series championships. I have them made up for, for friends and family uh, and framed. Um, actually, my scorebooks I get to the New England Sports Museum, which has them somewhere, I think, at the uh, Austin Garden. Um, but certainly the World Championships uh, and some of the walk-off victories, especially during Morgan Magic in 1988 when my good friend Joe Morgan took over as manager. He won 12 in a row and 19 out of 20. Uh, Roger Clemens' uh, 220 strikeout games certainly would stand out. Uh, Roger signed those scorecards for me. And so many of Pedro Martinez's great performances as well. Um, so, but you have to go back to the championships, I guess, because, you know, they hadn't had one for 86 years to 2004. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, David Ortiz, so great during that, uh, during that stretch, and, of course, his legendary Hall of Fame career. Do you think... A game on the line, is he the guy you'd want at the plate that you've seen? Or is it Ted Williams? Is it Manny Ramirez or Nomar? Maybe even Steve Lyons? <laughs> no, it certainly would be Poppy number one because he was oblivious to the pressure of the big moment. He thrived in it. Part of the reason was he was such a good hitter and had such a great knowledge of the strike zone and great bat-to-ball skills. But also I think his personality was meant for the big moment uh, it never got too big for him, and uh, he never pressed. He believed in himself. So he, he would certainly be number one. Uh, of course, I don't go back to 1967 as a Red Sox broadcaster, but Yastrzemski that year, too, the year of the Yaz and the great clutch hitting. Those would be the two, I think. Uh, but Poppy far and away uh, because he did it year after year for the Red Sox, and uh, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer next year. Should be unanimous, really. Joe Casiglione joins the show, the voice of the Boston Red Sox and a dear, dear family friend. Travel is not the same, obviously, in this new world we live in, Joe, but you've been a road warrior for years covering the Sox. What American city that is not known for Italian food has better Italian food than people might expect? <laughs> uh, probably Baltimore. And we, we expect New York to have it, but Baltimore has its great little Italy section and uh uh, La Scala is a great spot, and Chipparelli's, and there's so many there in uh, about a three-block neighborhood. So I would rank that uh, way up there for, for Italian food. Uh, we missed the travel. You know, we're still doing TV games off the monitors at an empty Fenway Park, which is very strange. There are about six to eight people in the ballpark at those nights where we are there at Fenway calling games off the big TV screens. If there are only six or eight people in the stands, Joe, just make sure Tom Brunanski's not at the plate. Yeah. <laughs> when he hits you with a line drive, foul territory. It was a scary still night. Got the ball marks, still got the ball marks on your chest, I think. Yeah, it was a good, good idea that my dad decided to keep me there till 1.30 in the morning when Jack Clark hit a walk-off home run in the 15th inning, right? That was a smart idea, don't you think, for my dad? Yeah, well, you did get checked out by the Red Sox medical staff, but Roger Clemens came to your rescue. <laughs> he got hit with that bullet. But, uh, you know, balls those usually go there in batting practice because of the cage, but he pulled a long foul, and uh, it found you. The ball will find you, as the old saying goes. 
Ball found you in the booth one day. What was it like to catch a foul ball on air? Well, I picked it up when it stopped rolling. <laughs> but still, to have a ball come in the booth while you're calling the game, has that happened to you before? I remember being up there once for a Gary Pettis foul ball that somehow made its way into a booth. It, it happens maybe uh, twice a year because we're five stories up, directly behind home plate. Sort of a tough angle to get a ball in there. It has to come up. Uh, it can't be a pop fly. It's really got to be sort of a, a line shot to get straight back like that. Uh, but I usually, you know, duck and wait till it stops rolling and pick it up. And, you know, I, I let my partners be the heroes and catch the ball. You, uh, you've had some great partners over the years, um, so many, obviously, from Dave O'Brien to the legend, the late Bob Starr. Uh, when you're a broadcaster in your position, what are you looking for in a partnership when you're calling a game? Well, I think basically you've yeah, been somebody that uh, can relate with you in terms of baseball that um, you can discuss baseball with because it's a, it's a talking game. It's a game where you talk to the guy sitting next to you or uh, – you know, pass uh, the hot dogs down the row. Uh, somebody's cooperative and listens, I think, basically. And, uh, you know, with give and take and understands the game very well. And I've been blessed to have great partners over the years, starting my Red Sox career with Ken Coleman, uh, who's a Red Sox Hall of Famer and uh, should be in the NFL Hall of Fame, too, for his work with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and then Bob Starr, who was wonderful, uh, the late great Burley broadcaster, as he called himself, uh, who had done the Cardinals and the Angels and uh, the then Boston Patriots and Missouri football, Rams football, uh, Jerry Truppiano, of course, uh, for 14 years, Dave O'Brien, and uh, Tim Everett now with the Dodgers. And I have a wonderful young partner in Will Fleming, uh, who is in his second full year with me, doing a great job. Of course, his brother's a longtime voice of the Giants, Dave Fleming. One of those guys I got to see you call some games with in the booth at Dodger Stadium was Josh Dumel. Wow, what do you remember about your time with uh, J.D. out here in Southern California? Well, that was a lot of fun to be there with a movie star, especially one uh, who played Spaceman Lee in a movie. And... Uh, He's got a great knowledge of baseball. I know he's a Minnesota Twins fan from North Dakota, I believe, in Twins country. And that, that's always a thrill when we have uh, celebrities in the booth. Because um, they really enjoy being there because they love baseball. And, and Josh certainly is among them. You mentioned him playing Bill Spaceman Lee and one of the great characters of the game. Guys like that can't exist in today's game, can they? Well, there certainly are characters. I mean, if you look at uh, a guy like Ricky Henderson, certainly is a great character. Uh, of course, he's been retired for several years now. In today's game, I don't know. It's probably a little bit more corporate, uh, maybe not quite the flamboyant personalities that you have. Um, not necessarily the nicknames, or at least those that you know are noted on the air. But it probably is a little bit different now, and I don't know, maybe the, the bottom line and you know, the high salaries have a little something to do with being a little bit more uh, buttoned up, I guess. I get an email, Joe, every single time Alex Verdugo does anything. If he gets a walk, if he gets a hit, if he scores a run, I get an email from my dad 
Talk to me about Verdugo season and just this overachieving bunch this year because the Red Sox are having a much better year. They stumbled as of late, but than anybody in my household predicted. Are you surprised at the early showing that they were able to put out there? Yes, I'm, I'm surprised, Ben, because you know, we had a terrible season last year. I felt a little bit better after spring training, but the pitching came along, and J.D. Martinez bounced back to his true form. Uh, Xander Bogarts is always consistent, and uh, Verdugo playing every day brings passion and the fire. Uh, he's not hit lefties as well as he did in the past. He's had some ups and downs, but he always plays hard. As an outstanding left fielder, he's really mastered the wall, and uh, it's tough to run on. I mean, he owes a lot of uh, wall balls to singles because of his quickness, his ability to play, and his ability to throw. But I think generally the uh, pitching, which has been the, the starting pitching, has been struggling of late, has been the biggest surprise. The bullpen's been excellent all year. And now Red Sox have lost six of seven. They're a game and a half back. But the hope is Chris Sale will be back sometime mid to late week next week, and that will give a lift. It, it's really hard to count on a guy who's coming off Tommy John surgery because it's not an instant cure. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what Chris can do. He certainly will bring a lot of passion, a lot of leadership, and uh, he's going to pitch Saturday at Scranton against uh, for Worcester, the AAA club, his final rehab start. If all goes well, he should maybe pitch against Tampa Bay next Thursday or the following uh, day at home. So that's going to be a huge lift for this ball club. Also getting Carl, Kyle Schwarber, when they acquired in a trade, he hasn't played yet because of a hamstring issue he had with Washington. But that should lift an offense, which has been struggling of late, too. Well, the fact that we're here in August and we're even thinking about a World Series run for this group, I know has my, my dad happy, but even my mom happier because my dad's been in a great mood all summer listening to your calls. <laughs> and I was chatting with Brockman before you jumped on. He said, I have the beer opener that when you hit it open, it has Joe's, can you believe it, on the Call, where have you been in your travels where someone has come up to you and said, can you believe it? Or is that something that people say to you when they see you out in the world? Well, they do. If they hear me talk, they don't recognize me, fortunately, so I can somewhat go incognito. But uh, that bottle cap opener was awesome. It paid for my daughter's senior year at Boston College. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Joe, both yeah. pitches were 1-0 pitches. You know that, right? Of course. The uh, in '04, yeah, to uh, Red Taria later came to the Red Sox the following year. In fact, played shortstop and didn't really he didn't pan out. Too yeah. much. But the Pokey Reese play to end the Yankees series was a one-zero pitch. Also, well, that was a one-zero. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Sierra grounded out. Yeah, I love that. Those yeah, that bottle. Was, that was the ultimate because you know the Red Sox had always lost a big game to the Yankees, yep. and when they won Game Seven in '04, uh, it was extra special. Extra special having you on the show, and I love how that bottle cap opener put Katie through college, and somehow that bottle cap opener kept Brockman almost from falling out of college <laughs> in some ways. So, uh, yeah, kindred yeah. spirits, those two. Um, Joe, you're the greatest. Thank you so much, and I uh, appreciate you in advance for putting up with my father when he comes up to what he calls Mecca in September to promote his book. So thank you in advance uh, for dealing with the big guy. he'll be here, and, you know, now he can group for the Mets, too, because – one of our all-time favorites, Rich Hill, is now with the Mets pitching well. And uh, who knows? We'd like a replay, 
play of the 1986 World Series. Oh, that'd be what a lot of fun, wouldn't it? That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, from your lips to God's ears. Joe, you're the greatest. Thanks for taking some time. Okay, Benny, Chris, thanks for having me. Thanks, Joe. Okay, this Joe Castiglione. One okay. o pitch. Oh, I love Joe. What a what a great guy, and just what a treat for me to be able to have him as a friend and a mentor, and uh, we'll be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame one day, hopefully very soon. So we appreciate having Joe on the show. Uh, we switch gears and we talk some Hollywood next. We got Kay Cannon, just a just a friends of Ben kind of show today. Kay <laughs> Cannon, writer director, she got the upcoming Cinderella on Amazon. She'll explain how she wrote Pitch Perfect as a sports movie. Kay Cannon joining the show next. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We have Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, David Bakhtiari, Don Barkley of the offensive line of the Green Bay Packers, along with Clay Matthews, have a cameo on Pitch Perfect 2 in theaters May 15th. You all married, guys? You all married? Yeah. Uh, yep. oh, you, you. Bakhtiari, that's a no. Yeah. Sitton, that's a no. Fiance. Okay. Yeah. So you are, did, did you did you hit on anybody on the, <laughs> on the set? Did you take, did you I was, take it? It was very professional. It was a professional uh, you're a professional. Try to keep it as professional as I can. Because there's a lot of lovely ladies. There. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I will say there was a lot of uh, some talent. Okay, but that's it. There's not because you know, as you know, your quarterback has gone a little Hollywood too. You know, I, I just don't know if that's if that's you just do what your quarterback does. No, know? no, no. We're cool. Okay, protect him. I mean, and I just it's just so fun to see you guys in the in this movie. Clay Matthews going sleeveless, and you all went black suits yeah. in this. Was that a choice of Clay Matthews to go sleeveless? Did he do that, or did was that? The I think it was an idea, and we kind of, they kind of. I think Clay kind of ran us. with it though, and then and, Clay and was like, "Yeah, he had a really little bit to do with that." Yeah, yeah. Go, go figure. He, he, had loved, a, he didn't yeah, know what yeah, he, he loved. He was in there doing curls in our trailer. He was huge. We is, is that for real? He's doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don. He was, got the Don spray tan. Yeah, we did some curls before the camera. You know, he was he was begging to show them off. Yeah. So. Because he knew there would be a, a figurative gun show. Yeah. He's prior to the shoot 
in the trailer doing some last-minute hockey loose oh, yeah. to, to get it all going. Yeah. The spray tan was probably the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, we got wow. some pictures of him getting the spray tan done. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Are you concerned that uh, you're going to be accused of by your teammates of going Hollywood, of, of singing in, 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 a, in a Hollywood movie? Uh, you probably. This? I mean, they're just going to bring up just because. as more of a joke. Yeah, sure. Than anything. Okay. Now, and again, uh, it was Max Handelman who said this, or was it Max as Elizabeth Banks? Who said this to Actual you. Actual man. You're sure about this? Actual man. <laughs> Boy, man, I just would love to have seen your face uh, when you found out it really wasn't Elizabeth Banks who followed you I'll, back. When I first saw it, it, really it popped up on my phone, and I looked, I was like, this name looks really familiar. And I looked, I'm like, two, like, almost like 1.3 million followers. I'm like, I had like 13... Yeah, thousand at the time. I was like, just really no one. Right. And I looked. <laughs> still, I'm not with anyone. Anyway, but listen, like, why would this change? Yeah. Like, why did this person follow me? And then uh, I clicked. I'm like, oh wow, this is she's directing Pitch Perfect too because right. it just came out. So I'm like, well, this is there's only one reason why she would follow me. It's because of these tweets about Pitch Perfect. There you go. Why else would you follow? Me? Why not? So thank you, Dave. Besides yeah, the fact that I'm cool. That's it. Way to go. I, yeah, I had no idea you, that uh, that I would find out the way that you guys got involved with this is that you got catfished by Max <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Banks' husband Cat- and co-producer on this. be a positive sometimes. Okay. Oh. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. We appreciate you guys rocking out with us on a Friday. We've had a big show so far. Rich called in from the Hall of Fame festivities out in Ohio. We had Red Sox Hall of Famer Joe Castiglione, the voice of the Red Sox, W-E-E-I, the soundtrack to both of our childhood. I know, I know that that interview was mainly both just for us, but it was amazing. I think it's incredible to talk to anybody who's been involved with a team or sports for that long at the highest level, broadcasters with that type of experience and, and firsthand account of some of the iconic moments and plays in baseball history or whatever their sport is. It's a, it's a rare privilege and it's a treat for, I know for me and I hope for sports fans as well. Um, breaking news happening here on a Friday. Breaking news. Josh Allen got paid. Yeah. <laughs> what are the numbers on this Josh oh Allen my deal? Goodness, massive. So it's a six-year extension, $258 million, $150 million in wow. guaranteed money for Josh Allen. Runner-up to MVP last year. Had the Bills knocking on the Super Bowl door. Josh Allen gets paid. Pay that man his money. Do you think he'll be able to find a sensible four-bedroom, three-bath in Buffalo with that kind of money? How do you think he'll be able to? <laughs> I mean, he might be able to buy a chicken wing or two, maybe. Get set up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a quarter of a new stadium. Same. Um, I believe we have our next guest now on the line. The nope, show rolls yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And I, what I, what I, not yet? No? Not yet. Okay, it's, it's Hollywood, so we never yeah, know. I mean, we we'll, get, we'll get her shortly. Okay. Yeah, everyone, so like Josh Allen gets this new deal. It's been rumored for a while. He wasn't that concerned about it, said it'll get done when it'll get done. Now the pressure turns to Cleveland and Baltimore, who have quarterbacks who have played very well in the same Josh, uh, draft class as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. And now it's like, all right, time's up. Clock's ticking for you guys. Stefan Diggs with a tweet. Shout out, baller. Yeah, I love their connection out in Buffalo. And they're one of the, the, the real teams, obviously, to watch in this short, you know, in this season coming up in the short term, but also next six years, next five, six years in the division, which is up for grabs. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on in the AFC East. Nobody knows. And now you have Josh Allen, the best quarterback in the division. You lock him up long term in Buffalo. But does this now 
if I'm Baker Mayfield, do I go to my agent and say, hey, get me that Josh Allen deal? I don't think he has the, the two feet to stand on for it yeah. the way that Lamar could. You were saying that right. Lamar might not be able to be the guy to get you to a Super Bowl, but if I'm his agent today, right. I'm calling the Ravens and saying, hey, that guy up in Buffalo doesn't have an MVP. My guy does. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think for if you're Lamar Jackson, this is good for you. This is good news for you. It's like these teams never learn. When you're, you get these deals done early and you don't have to pay as much. The longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. We saw that with the way it played out with Dak Prescott down in Dallas. Jerry Jones just waited, waited, and waited. And then the number in front of Dak's yearly contract became a four instead of a three. And so he gets paid. Dak gets $40 million. We saw Patrick Mahomes is at $45 million a year. And Josh Allen settles right in the middle here at $43 million per. So good news for Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. And uh, now we'll play the waiting game with those guys as Josh Allen gets paid. But is it good news for Baker Mayfield? Because it's a reminder that he's not as good as Josh Allen. Yes, right now, today, on Friday, August 6th. I think if Baker Mayfield continues where we think his projection is, he gets Cleveland to that next step. Maybe they reach the AFC Championship game, and a big reason for that is because of Baker's play. I think Baker can go to Cleveland and be like, hey, look, I'm, we're there. I'm here. Like, pay, Go time. Let's get paid. Don't think for a moment, Brockman, that I didn't notice you coming to work and stunting on everyone today in the OBJs. I know you're an honorary Browns fan. <laughs> Oh, oh, these old You've got the Browns helmet on your desk. You got the OBJs on your feet. You don't see those in the wild too often. <laughs> don't see those out in the mix too often. The, the one OBJs. thing I and you also don't see OBJ out there too often. So <laughs> uh, TJ appreciates this as well. As a person who uh, is very into sneakers, going somewhere and knowing you're the only one wearing that pair of shoes is a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get with the OBJs, you know, and I appreciate it. I recognize, I see you, and I recognize you. I honor you. I'm here. I do the same there. thing with my New Bounds. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> Your free New Bounds. <laughs> you never know. You could no, run into a Chipotle in the South Bay and run into Kauai, and you that's guys true. are having a what New Balance off exactly. there in Manhattan Beach or something. Has Kauai <laughs> signed a deal yet? Is he, does he know where he's going to play basketball? Or rehab? <laughs> Not that or, I know. Yeah, we're on Kauai watch here still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's going to show up first, Kay Cannon or Kawhi? <laughs> <laughs> what do do, hey, baby? Speaking of the Clippers, Reggie Jackson's coming back. Oh, that's Ooh. a big signing. That's a big deal. TJ, that's, big, that's some good signing. By the news. way, also, I will say. Is he getting Josh Allen money? He's Who makes not. more, Reggie Jackson or Josh Allen? <laughs> Josh Allen is going to make more in yeah. like six games than Reggie Jackson gets for two years. Two years, $22 million. I that's thought Reggie, very sensible. I thought Reggie Jackson was going to get a little bit more paid than that. That's very sensible. For, yeah, that's uh, a great deal for the Clips. For the Clippers, huh? I mean, that's like saying to your parents, hey, can I have a 12 o'clock curfew? And you go out and you come home at 1145. You want to push the curfew. You go out, have a nice time, sensible. Two years, 22 million or whatever. That's I a thought he might have got like a 342 or a 350. I feel like there was a moment in time when everyone thought he was that kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, absolutely. And it just didn't happen for him. But he showed out in the playoffs. He definitely a showed signing. Up. So Tsunami Poppy. And the guy looks like Bobby Schmurder. It's a fun day in the NBA. <laughs> About a week ago. It was a fun day in the NBA. Hey, and Josh Allen gets like a billion dollars to play, stay in Buffalo. And, and if you're Lamar Jackson, you go to your agent and you say, uh, hello. But I don't know for Baker. And, and like you said, with teams doing these deals early, that's the move. Well, the Rams kind of got caught with their hand in the cookie jar on that one. And they were able to get out of it which is maybe a, a cautionary tale to teams about not extending the right guy. You it's know, the flip side to what Chris just said. You right. might 
signed the wrong guy too early. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you look at the Rams and the Eagles, I think they kind of got kind of caught there. They thought they were being smart. You know, they're kind of breaking the bank, but like it just didn't work out for Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. And sometimes that does happen, but I don't think that's the case with Josh Allen. I think he's the real deal. So then what's worse than signing them too early and then realizing, ooh, we made a mistake or waiting too late and going, oh, this costs us a little bit more cream. But I think if you look at the Rams and the Eagles, it's a a really good question. I think when you look at the Rams and Eagles case by case, I think they did it the right way. You go early, you don't. You set the standard, but you do it in a way that if it doesn't work out on the field, you can get out of it. And yeah. the Rams and the Eagles were both able to get out of it, and I think they would both prefer their quarterback situation now to having who they had. Ben Lines in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Breaking news, Josh Allen signing a mega extension out in Buffalo. I don't know. I, I kind of go the other way. I think when if, if you wait a little longer and it costs you a few extra dollars, you figure it out. You'll okay move some it. money around and you'll make it happen. And if then you know, then you know that that's the guy. There's True. no this. We're going to give you big boy money, but we're still holding our breath. Hmm. I think that's a dangerous place to be in. Uh, they know there's. It's undeniable that Josh Allen deserves this type of deal and has earned it and will also continue to play at that Mm -hmm. level. It's not just a contract on services rendered. He's obviously got a bright future in front of him. If I'm Buffalo, there's no question that this is my guy. You can wrap your arms around him as a franchise. Fans love him. Did we ever get that feeling here in Los Angeles with Jared Goff where it was undeniable that he's our guy? I know he went to a Super Bowl. I get it. But it's different. So I, I, I think I'm going with TJ on this one. The idea of let's wait a little longer, make sure, sure that they're and the one. And then and just also pay they, a little extra. Because, guys, how many times throughout your careers have you thought that was the one and it really <laughs> wasn't? <laughs> yeah. Turns out certain factors come into play. You daylight. <laughs> Sobriety. <laughs> Start to realize... Maybe that's not the max extension we're looking to. But, but Ben, to answer your question today. about the Rams, it's like I still don't feel like Los Angeles is truly a football town yet. Like I don't, it's, you know, you can you have these diehard Lakers and Dodgers fans, and I just don't feel like you you have that same following for the Rams and the Chargers. I think just when yet, that stadium so. down down yeah. the road here, which you guys will will get to know well, obviously, pounding around with Rich, I, I think once that stadium gets rocking. Mm-hmm whether it's twice a week or once a week, I think football in L.A. will continue to grow, at least NFL football. It's a great high school football town. Great college Snoop football. Dogg makes it a great Pop Warner football town. Again, yeah, making right. sense in every single room. Every single room. Uh, also, it's a great yeah, college football town. But you're right, the NFL thing hasn't quite kicked on here because there's so many transplants, guys like us who come yeah. from different parts of the country and want to watch two our teams. teams. But well, are there two teams in Los Angeles? I thought it was just the Rams. <laughs> are there, there are two teams in Los Angeles. Yeah, there definitely are two teams. Because it's Rams Stadium, right? It's like Giant Stadium in New York. Or oh, it's, it's SoFi. Oh, SoFi. So, so I thought so it was Rams Stadium. stadium. And but TJ, like, when, you, when you talk about Jared Goff specifically, I think a lot of people thought like he was just McVay's kind of puppet, just doing whatever he said. So like Sean McVay was kind of steering him and kind of directing him in, in a way. Mm-hmm. And Which I think, I'm okay with because that guy rips. McKay, uh, McKay, yeah, McKay's totally. Great. McVay's the man. And I think when McVay soured on Goff, everyone was like, all right, time to move on from Goff. Like, like let's find an actual quarterback well, now. If you look back on the McVay era here in Los Angeles, was he given the keys to the Maserati like right out of the gate? 
or did was it that first year when they went ten and six after the uh, the, the Jones year that he said, okay, he's really an offensive genius and a guru? Because like you said, it fe- it feels like whichever way McVay sways, just the entire organization moves in that direction, and not a lot of coaches yeah. have that kind of influence. I, I feel like he's just been this wonder kid ever since he kind of burst on the scene and he was working with Washington, and then he came over and youngest head coach ever. And uh, I think he just kind of had the keys right away. And everyone, think about that. You go ultimate all trust in, into this kid. You go all in on the number one pick. You, you, you move heaven and earth to get Jared Goff. You extend his contract. You sign him. And then McVay one day is like, yeah, maybe we can get a little better with staff. Or they go, okay, we got to move everything to a right, whole big yeah, deal. Yeah. Not a lot of coaches uh, have that kind of influence or sway over their organization. Yeah, there's only a handful who really have that power in their hands to be like, okay, I want this now. And the. Yeah organization completely completely pivots into a different direction and that's kind of what the Rams did and not too many coaches could also have that influence over their organization and make sense having a ocean view table at Nobu because McVeigh <laughs> crushes tuna cones you know what I mean <laughs> right I don't think there's anything McVeigh doesn't crush. <laughs> that's, that's true. Well said. Uh, we are going to get Kay Cannon next. She's going to uh, pop in and, and, and chat and talk a little Pitch Perfect, which I know is a, uh, a special film to this show. So we'll get into it next with Kay. It's Ben Lyons on The Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. First up with Jane Lynch, celebrity, true or false. Uh, True or false, your first on-screen credit was in the Judge Reinhold Fred Savage classic Vice Versa in 1988. I would say that's true. You played Ms. Lindstrom. Yes, indeed, yes. How did you get hooked up with this uh, Judge Reinhold Fred Savage? Well, I was living in Chicago, and they they shot it in Chicago. Fred Savage actually was a kid Mm -hmm. living in Chicago, and it was a part that they were local. I was a local hire, as they call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I read... I did a pre-read with the casting person, and then I read for the director and the writers, and they were all British. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a huge deal. It was I got into a major motion picture. And then, so how, how much further along were you with the being a Chicago resident in the Chicago classic, The Fugitive? Well, that came get, next. That was next. That was another movie that came through um, probably four years later. Four years later. Yeah, and then I was a local hire for that one as well. Yeah. That is the most, in my mind, rewatchable movie there oh, is. Oh, Fugitive? It, does it hold up or what? It does. How it's, about that train wreck? The Still. train wreck at the top, uh-huh. for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a remote drop for me all the time. It does mm-hmm. not matter where it is. Yeah. But, you know, and I'm, we, we, we are such huge fans of the film. Huge. Uh, yeah. We wanted, uh, you know, on behalf of fans of the film, thank you for catching the switching of the samples. Oh, the liver samples? Without yeah. you. You are welcome. RD90. You know? Wow. You found You know that? I'm so glad you remember that uh, detail because that's, I would say to people, that you don't remember from that? Well, I'm the one who uh, did the liver sample. I yeah. solved the mystery. You did. Of the liver samples. Well, you and Bones, you and know? And Bones, of course. God, you remember everything. God, I'm telling you, I've seen this movie a million times and wasn't the relationship between uh harrison ford and tommy lee jones quite wonderful amazing yeah 
I, I love it. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones' character, obviously they did another movie out of it, but yeah. Harrison Ford, perhaps the most beat up uh, movie star of all time. Yeah, in, in, he gets his. Oh yeah, well he does his own stunts too. I mean that's his own damn fault. Is that, <laughs> did you did you do your own stunts? I did all of my own stunts. I dealt. I actually handled the liver samples with wow. these fingers and ungloved. <laughs> See, that's not sanitary. You know that's why you're as successful as you are, Jane. You don't leave any stone unturned. And thank you so much. Yeah, I, I go the extra mile. Thank you for your hard work. Without which Devlin McGregor could perhaps be. In business still today, yeah, maybe. With Dr. Nichols doing his nefarious deeds, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. Dr. Kimball would be in jail still. Oh, I know. Wouldn't Just that be terrible? He'd be rotting in jail if it weren't for me. And I forget my character's name. It was <laughs> Kathy Walland. If it weren't see, for Kathy Walland. There you go. Mm-hmm. You see, it comes back to you. It does. On this date in 1993, The Fugitive hit theaters. Ben Lyons in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. I know Rich loves that movie. I think we all love that movie. 100%. The One-Armed Man, Dr. Richard Kimball, City of Chicago. I remember seeing that film and being so spooked, so scared that your life could get taken away from you if something you didn't do. Terrific film. Tommy Lee Jones won the Oscar for that movie. One of those movies, Brock, when you and I were chatting yesterday, I was like, that would be a good play. Oh, yeah. The Fugitive on Broadway. In. He'd come out there. And Fugitive on Broadway. Be terrific. Be terrific. I think about that a lot with, with movies that I, that I love and say, oh, I wonder if it'd be a, a good stage rendition of that. Field of Dreams, the play. Three of, oh, my God. If you build it, they will come. It'd be amazing. I mean, amazing. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of on the nose. Uh, pitch Perfect, the musical. I mean, that's kind of obvious. I, mean, I would yeah. imagine that had gotten pitched to the woman who has written that. I would imagine that the writer has gotten a pitch. Has, has anyone pitched UK Cannon on Pitch Perfect, the musical? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> have you said yes? Um, I would do it in, uh, you know, a hot second. Uh, but um, I think it's like, uh, you know, we when I think when we were talking about it, like Pitch 3 had just come out and they like want to wait till the right time. But, and right now doesn't feel like the right time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Kay Cannon joins the show, writer-director, as the upcoming Cinderella on Amazon Prime. But I bring up Pitch Perfect, Kay. One, because you know I love that movie. Two, because here in the Rich Eisen Studios that has all this memorabilia, all these photographs and sports tchotchkes, there is a Pitch Perfect 2 poster hanging up in the corner. And it's because really? you got the Green Bay Packers to perform a cappella, and that's because you're a diehard Bears fan. Am I right? That's right. <laughs> Trolling the That's Packers right. in your own movie. That tells you everything we need to know about your fandom. What was that like to direct those guys and uh, to write for a scene for those guys in Pitch Perfect 2? Well, to write, they would they were they were they're such fans. They knew all the choreography to the finale of um, Pitch Perfect. And they I guess they would do the choreography um, like on the road and stuff like together. <laughs> and they would watch the they would watch the movie on the road. Um, but I, I love, they, they were open to doing anything. So writing for them was, was really fun. And then also I would stop myself and be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm writing for them. Like that they're, that they were open to doing whatever and all the different jokes that I did. them. And then I saw them, the first time I met them was at the premiere actually. And they, when we were like, uh, before going in and I, I ran up to them and, and I thanked them for doing the movie. And then I was like, I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> Um, and they, uh, they were like, get out of here, get out of here, lady. 
How deep is that Bears love go? I know Chicago sports are a thing. We've talked about it a lot over the years, but what are some of your memories over the years connected to the Bears, and, and how deep does that fandom go? Um, well, you know, I have to admit, like, recently I've, I've um, relaxed a little bit just because, like... Well, so have the Bears, the- so you're in good company. <laughs> uh, but, but for me, like, the 85-86 championship team is, like... I think I was like 10 years old and my, I'm one of seven kids and, uh, you know, with my mom and dad and everything, we would, you know, that like sitting around and watching on a Sunday, watching the bears play and that team in particular, it was so, it was just magic, you know? And so I, I like, you know, my dad passed away eight years ago and I have his bears jacket, um, that you know in my in my closet and you know it still smells like him and it's just just that whole like i remember like buying a t-shirt of the um you know 85 86 bears uh like on the i'm from a small town they were selling t-shirts like on the corner of like main street which is like one of two streets in the small town i grew up in um and so it just like and the fact that they did the super bowl shuffle like it was just like a really magical time and when i um, got married, you know, uh, my vows were all about like Walter Payton and Refrigerator Perry <laughs> being, being, uh, you know, a magical, uh, couple. Um, and like, you know, I, I think I would said something like, you know, when I can't see across the finish line, I'll become Refrigerator Perry and I'll throw you across, you know, like, like when Refrigerator Perry threw Walter Payton across the finish line against the Dolphins, uh, um, that's what every groom wants to hear from his bride, that they're going to turn into Refrigerator Perry. That <laughs> sounds very romantic, Kay. Um, Kay like, Cannon. When, jo- you know, when I can't find my way, he'll become my Refrigerator Perry. Like, it was a whole thing. Kay Cannon joins the show right now. Cinderella coming soon on Amazon Prime. What I love about Pitch Perfect and hearing you talk about it, you wrote that film as a sports movie. What does a sports movie mean to you, and how does Pitch Perfect fit into that? Yeah, I mean, I... I you know, it, it was it's a it's a it was a competition. So it was like in a in an all female group. So growing up an athlete on a lot of like basketball teams and volleyball teams and 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 I ran track and played softball. Like I just knew that dynamic. So to me, it was just like I I felt it was the ultimate underdog sports movie because women an all female team had never won the ICAs, which are the international you know championships of boxing. And so like that, and then they had the rival and they had like, you know, who they had to beat. In this case, it was like the all male team. Um, and my favorite movies of like, uh, of all time are like a Rocky is like my favorite movie of all time. And Hoosiers feel, you guys mentioned feel the dreams. Like, like I, there's, there's just, um, I just really connect to those movies. And so I, that's just how I approached it. I would imagine you're also connecting to these Olympics. Knowing you, something tells me you're a big Olympic person. What events have you enjoyed and what stories have inspired you? Yeah, I really, um, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I'm, of the time zones and, uh, you know, the changes and everything like that, like I find myself just like up all night <laughs> um, watching uh, Simone Biles. Obviously, that was, I, I really was interested in, in watching her win the bronze. Um, but when it comes to like track and field, like the, um, you know, that, that 400 meter hurdler, I'm, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, I believe he was from Denmark. Yeah. Uh, or 
He's from Norway. Oh, but you're up at three in the morning watching hurdle, you know, hurdles. It all kind of blends yeah. together after a while. I mean, also the beach volleyball, um, that was pretty fun to watch. Watch the uh, women um, win the gold. That was super fun. Um, and, uh, you know, but it also, like, you know, I was a sprinter in, in college and, and just watching the sprinters. And, of course, like, at the Olympic level, like an 800-meter run is, is a sprint, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I'm just like so in awe of their abilities. Kate Cannon joins the show. Writer, director has the upcoming Cinderella for Amazon, and something that's kind of like your superpower, Kay, as a filmmaker, uh, as a director, as a writer, is working with undiscovered talent. In sports, we celebrate young talent finding their sea legs. Josh Allen today getting a huge extension, kind of unheralded coming out of college. And then you have guys like John Moran exploding on the scene or Sabrina out in Brooklyn. And so just young talent. What is it that you enjoy so much about working with people who haven't really proven themselves on screen yet? I I love it, man. Like I feel like um, I, I wouldn't necessarily cast them or take them on if I didn't feel like it was inside them already, you know? And I think, like, when you compare that to an athlete that just has, like, raw, natural talent and ability, and to be able to, like, shape and mold that um, is really exciting to me. So, I, you, uh, like, anybody I cast, I do feel like I have to see something in them. And, um, and then, and really, it, it comes down to uh, this, this notion of, of hard work. Like I think a big part of what I see in them is if I feel like they're going to work hard and try to get it right. And, and when I, when I find somebody who's coachable, that's just like, that's just fun because you're just taking what their you know natural abilities are and you're ho- helping them hone it. And, and they're, and they're thirsty to get that. Like to, they, they want that kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, att- attention and, and, you know, I'm a teacher by trade, really. I mean, I, I have a, a master's in education. So, like, I really feel like that's just me, like, teaching in a, in a different capacity. Did you have to teach John Cena how to use the funnel on blockers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I never laughed harder than it was, like, 3 in the morning, and I, I was just shouting jokes at John Cena while he was bent over with hundreds of extras. Uh, yeah, he, that's not uh, he, John Cena is not a man who's afraid to get naked in front of people. Like he's he's totally comfortable, like having his pants down. But I was just yelling jokes at him, and I started laughing so hard because I was like, I went to college, and I'm just yelling at this like at John Cena about how this funnels up his butt. You know, like it was just really ridiculous. This tells you about the crew I'm working with on this show, Kay. As soon as I brought up the uh, the Cena butt funnel, TJ looked over at me and goes, oh, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was going to be it. <laughs> Kay Cannon joins the show. One of seven, you had to get an, a college scholarship uh, in track in order to go to college, correct? Yeah, I mean, there's four of us in college at the same time. So, um, you know, all four of us had to get scholarships to be able to afford school. And we all stayed in state so we could get some, you know, financial aid. So, um, and we all did it. Uh, uh, you know, my, my, I come from a, a really athletic family and, and an academic family as well. So um, whether it was an athletic scholarship or an academic scholarship, like all of us managed to, to make it through.
No, it, it's incredible, and it's so cool to hear a filmmaker in your position have such a great affinity for sports, and and then you know you're able to switch gears and do something like Cinderella as well, which is coming out on Amazon. A, a totally different interpretation of Cinderella. I don't. I would imagine that not too many sports references pop up in it. But tell me about the experience <laughs> making the movie. Yeah, this one. I mean, this experience will be unlike any other I, uh, I'll ever make. Uh, you know, in, in the future because. We were about four weeks into shooting when we got shut down for the pandemic. And then about five months of the day, we went back and we had finished and shot the last eight weeks. And um, so all of us really went through something, you know, and um, and I really was so grateful to, to have the work. And, and you know, when, it, when the world was shut down and there were no live performances, I was every day, like I was seeing these amazing live performances and these, you know, um, and, and actually... Um, there is a little bit of sport in it. Uh, there's not sport references in, in Cinderella, but like um, Nick Galitzin, who plays the prince, he uh, was a really great rugby player. And he's so like, like again, like casting somebody who I thought was coachable. Like he had to learn how to ride a horse. He had, he's not, you know, like he had to really train to, to, to dance at a, at a certain level um, and sing in a different uh, way that was maybe outside of his comfort zone, and he just killed it. He did so great. Um, and so, you know, like, you know, the dancers are athletes, so in that way I was really, like, it was kind of, it was kind of exciting. Uh, but the, the movie is just really joyful and fun and um, a good time, and I, I'm hoping that people will just sing along and dance and laugh and in a time when we probably really need to be doing those things. We look forward to the film and we look forward to seeing Justin Fields on our center for the Chicago Bears. I think the longer they have Andy Dalton, the more problems you guys have. Uh, <laughs> wish you luck this year. Best of luck. Thanks so much, Kay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Kay Cannon joining the show. Pitch Perfect writer, writer on 30 Rock, and directed John Cena with a butt funnel in <laughs> Blockers. I wonder how hard it was because we can't see John Cena, so how hard it was for her to direct an invisible actor. That's... <laughs> The other thing I wanted to ask her, well done, maybe well next well time. Well maybe next time. Also, when you look like John Cena, yeah. very easy to willingly get naked all the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's 100 people on set? Yeah. yeah. Don't oh, great. Mind. Good, cool. Yeah. Don't mind. I'm good. Is that good. what the scene needs? Yeah. Yes, I'm willing yeah. to go there. You need more people around? Just bring in everyone yeah. around. Crew, Whatever you extras, need. It's all good. Oh, man. All right. Breaking <laughs> news. Josh Allen signing a big-time uh, extension in Buffalo. How does this play out around the league? We'll talk some football coming up next. Plus... It's Hall of Fame weekend. Charles Woodson going into the hall. I want to talk more Charles Woodson because we do don't it. talk enough Michigan on this show. Because <laughs> when Rich is out, I want to make sure Michigan is represented. So we'll talk about Charles wow. Woodson coming up next. Wow. Ben Lyons in for Rich on a Hall of Fame weekend. Don't go anywhere. The Rich Eisen Show rolls on. Buffalo wings, guys. Ranch or blue cheese? Neither. Ranch. I don't really seek out either, but if they're there, I'll play along. So you eat your your wings plain? I'm good. I'm naked. Good. I'll get some buffalo sauce on yeah, them. I put so I don't I don't do ranch or blue cheese. Ranch. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even discover ranch until I got to college. Never even heard of it until I was a freshman. And, you know, uh, Hoskins in yeah. the back, who is a Buffalo native, says it's blue cheese all the way. Like you're not really eating or enjoying the wing experience. If it's not dipped in blue cheese. Let me tell you something. I had Wingstop last night, and I did not have any type of dip. And those 
lemon pepper. That's all I need in my life. Does it feel pepper. good knowing that when you support Wingstop, you're helping Rick Ross get a new car? Oh. You feel like you're, you're Wait, Rick Ross is a, is a Wingstop? Big Wingstop. Oh, yeah. yeah, big Wingstop guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Wingst- Tell the plug I need an increase. Wingstop, fat boy, need a 10-piece. <laughs> This week is just this been guy just TJ rapping. TJ I kind of felt like day. maybe Spitting I found my bars. new niche because of you, Ben. I'm just going to sit here and spit bars. Look, TJ, you yeah. got to understand, uh, those are going to hit differently when Rich is back. Yeah, that's why I'm getting them all out now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah, That's why I'm getting them all out now. I got a whole another week for me just to spit that's a right. bunch of that's biggie right. lyrics. Is it ever appropriate to go knife and fork with wings? Ever? In never. any situation? Never, no ever, ever. How messy, it's like how pizza. saucy. Ever, ever. Now, here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm not completely opposed to the fork with the pizza. Because, no. you know, when we made our trip to Rocco's, I had wings. So I did. I was using a knife with the wings. I normally don't. Oh. But we were at a restaurant. And it was my first time out in a while. And I wanted to look like I had some couth. Sure. So I used the, the you fork to class to it up at Rocco's while he yeah. had his buffalo wings. <laughs> you know I mean? And then I, on a I cut the pizza a little. Yeah, classy stuff. Let me button this top <laughs> button here at Rocco's. Oh, boy, boy. Sip it up a little bit more. Then she stepped on the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like wings, but sometimes I feel like it's 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 all hype. Like I want to go to a wing place that's famous for wings, not just because I'm in a sports bar and you gotta it's dark get and you gotta get wings. All right, here's yeah. the question, guys: right, right, right. bone in or boneless? What are you feeling? I mean, a bone in is the true wing experience. You want to get your hands dirty a little bit in there. But if like if I if I'm wearing a nice clothes, nice clothes, I know I'm going somewhere later. I'll go with the boneless. Drums or flats? Drums or flats is the next one. Drums. Drum. I, I'm a boneless Drum. fan now, but if I do the bone-in pause, I'm going to go with the drums. Boneless are really good. You just have to feel confident, strong enough to say, yeah, boneless wings are good. <laughs> <laughs>